Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz go down one game to none in their best-of-seven series against the Denver Nuggets. They fall this afternoon in Orlando, 135-125. to 125. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson with you. We're going to hear from Quinn Snyder coming up here momentarily as Austin monitors that situation. He'll let us know when Coach is ready to go. But, um, Gordon, we talked a lot with Locke, but uh, reset it. Give us kind of your overall opinion on this, what turned out to be a really fun game to watch. Yeah, this is just the way these teams go. It's, I mean, the Nuggets are really, really good. And uh, the Jazz hung in there. They're, they're down uh, a couple of men. But, of course, so are the Nuggets. They have some injuries. But, man, these are evenly matched teams, and it just seems like at the end of these games, the Nuggets find a way to win them. And Donovan Mitchell, so impressed with his overall performance, sensing the moment, realizing what he has to do in order to keep his team in the game, and then darn near pulling the thing off. Amazing. Donovan Mitchell, 19 of 33. 57 points, 6 of 15 from 3, a perfect 13 of 13 at the line, 9 rebounds and 7 assists. Mm. You know, when I when I was kind of monitoring the box uh, down the stretch here, Gordon, I couldn't believe, I mean, 19 of 33 for, a, for a, a night where you score 57 points, 19 of 33 is incredibly efficient. Yes, yeah. He, when we talked with him so many times, Jake, what did he say? He wanted to see the floor better. He wanted to share the ball better, wanted to get the ball where it needs to go, and then he wanted to take care of his business. Did he not do that in yeah. every way possible in this game? Outside of one eight-second call, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's brutal. Yeah, it's I mean, tough. Uh, playoff basketball can be fascinating, can be exhilarating, and can be brutal. Yeah, it's just one of those calls that you so rarely see anymore, too. I mean, when it happened, Gordon, I don't know about you, but I kind of had to go, wait, what? And then yeah. tune in for, for Locke there to give us the explanation of, of exactly what happened. I remember exactly when they shortened happened. that from 10 seconds yeah. to 8. Yeah, And, uh, I mean... Yeah, uh, this is the wrong time to have that. How much time was left? Uh, just over a minute. It was like a minute and a half. In fact, I can look up exactly if you want, but it was right around a minute and a half. And the Jazz were uh, 146. Thank you, Austin. And uh, the Jazz were just rolling, and uh, that was a that was a really tough mistake. Yeah, yeah. And, and David put it well. I mean, they're up four at that point. If you can convert it, you're up six uh, with then right around a minute and a half left. And, and mathematically speaking, that's a much tougher task to come back from. Yes. And uh, yeah, that was a that was a really difficult mistake. Yeah, and, and he'll probably learn from that. You know, he talked about remember that in the first game, or the playoff game against Denver, when he hit that shot with three point four seconds yeah. left. He he's, he wrote that down and he learned from it. So, uh, did you notice the next time he brought the ball up, he was sprinting? <laughs> it's a, a, a cruel lesson to learn. Yeah. So uh, Jamal Murray made that three-pointer, and obviously there it's it's within one. And then uh, it, it, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, makes a free throw, and then Donovan. Anyway, uh, Denver obviously comes back to tie it. Really good defense, I will say, at the end of regulation from, from Rudy Gobert on Nikola Jokic. Donovan uh, kind of made a... Uh, he went right uh, right to the rim with 22 seconds left and ended up going to the line, making two to tie it. But as I'm sitting here with some of the guys, uh, actually, hold that thought. We're going to go back to Orlando. Uh, Coach Schneider is addressing the media. Can you hear me, Aaron? Yes, there. Yeah, can you hear me? Can hear you uh, just a heads up that Juwan Morgan is starting right, on the Sorry, I think we're waiting for a few more right folks now. to join here. Our coach should be here momentarily. All right. We're, uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of balls in the air juggling at the moment, <laughs> so we'll get to coach in a second. Austin said he sat down and stood back up and 
Juwan Morgan's going to have some media availability. We'll hear a little bit uh, a little bit later. Um, uh, so <laughs> it's all right, Austin. We'll, we'll be all right. So anyway, I, I was saying uh, Donovan took it right at Torrey Craig with 22 seconds left, makes uh, makes those two foul shots to tie it up and fouls out Craig in the process. But I'm kind of thinking, oh, man, they put a lot of pressure on themselves to defend on that last possession. And Rudy did it beautifully, deserves a ton of credit. Jokic doesn't make the shot. They go to overtime. Uh, but that decision, I thought, was somewhat controversial at the time, but it ended up working out just fine. You know, one other thing about what Donovan did in this game, did you notice how it wasn't a situation where everybody else just sat back and, and lost focus or whatever? Donovan was leading his team, and his team needed him uh, to to lead like that. And then they made contributions here and there where it was necessary. But when you got a guy going like that, how can you not just let him go? Yeah. And that's what he did because he knew his team needed him to do it. So. And on the other side, uh, Jamal Murray did the same thing. That you know. guy, I, I, people talk about like Royce O'Neal is a jazz stopper. So he can't guard that guy. No, he can't. And in fact, when Royce picked up his fifth foul, they moved pretty much toward, for the rest of the game, moved Joe over onto Jamal Murray, which had mixed yeah. results, obviously. All right, back to Orlando with Quinn Snyder. Coach, another incredible fight versus the Nuggets for you guys tonight. I want to start with Donovan because he said he wanted to come into this series and be a playmaker. We saw that, 57 points and perfect from the line, 13 to 13. How would you describe what he did today? Well, I mean, in some respects, the, his line speaks for itself. The, the seven assists, I think, as well. So, um, you know, he was terrific. I thought he competed on the defensive end as well. Um, you know, coming up with big shots time and time again when he needed it. And then really making the right play as well. Um, he hit Royce O'Neal a couple times. He found Rudy. So it was it was a heck of a night for Donovan, kind of an elite an elite performance uh, on his part. And obviously, we would have liked to win the game, uh, but they did some really good things, and, uh, particularly Jamal Murray down the stretch. You know, he made big shots as well. You had two guys that were playing on a really high level at that point in the game. Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. I, it, uh, you guys really kind of started to take control as the second half went along. It seemed like although although Denver was hanging in there, and then once you got to overtime, it seemed like maybe uh, the precision kind of fell apart. Uh, to what do you attribute that? Well, you know, I think not that fatigue can be an excuse, but I think as the game progresses like that, it, it's, you have to maintain, you know, the level. And I thought we did, you know, on the glass for us to out-rebound tonight. Um, you know, that gives you a chance to, to be in the game against they're, they're the best fourth-quarter rebounding team in the league and, you know, at a historic level. So, you know, offensively, we were executing really well and got in a couple situations where um, we got a little loose with the ball and you know, we've got to see the ball go into. Next question will be from uh, Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey coach, uh, could you just explain your reasoning to start Juwan Morgan and how did you think he did tonight? Well, you know, Denver's a big team. Um, Juwan's played for us. Um, this year at various times, you know, we really feel like Jordan's at his best when he's coming off the bench. And, uh, you know, we have to have a, a rotation and, you know, 
trying to have Juwan fill in and, and give us some good minutes early in the, in the first and third quarter. And then, frankly, he he did an excellent job. And, uh, you know, he, I want him to take the, his three from the corner. He made one of them. Um, I thought he was, you know, very active and aggressive, um, committed to the defensive glass. So a lot of good things from Juwan tonight. And, um, you know, look for more of that. All right, next question will be from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, you had, like, as you said, you know, fatigue can come into play. You had three pretty costly turnovers there late in the overtime period. Um, Mike Malone was saying, you know, I expect every game to come down to the wire like this against you guys. How can you get your guys to maybe keep the composure if they're going to be playing like this every night? Well, I, I, I think... You know, we just have to continue to, to be precise. And as I said, particularly at that point in the game, you know, they're, they're Grant and Craig, uh, those guys are big, long, athletic, and they make it hard on you. I mean, that's why, you know, what Donovan did tonight what was, you know, that's not easy on, on any level and particularly against against these guys. So, um, you know, we just have to have to be better. It's, it's, it's not like we can go do a bunch of drills and, and, uh, but our kid, you know, our guys will see it. Um, they know our team is really competitive, and uh, you know they want to win. And you, you obviously saw that manifest itself in a lot of ways. And it didn't with our ball security late, um, but we were in a position to win the game, um, particularly at the end of the fourth quarter, and um, made a few plays that, that cost us. All right. Next question will be from Tony Jones, the Athletic. Uh, Coach, the, the common thread uh, with you and Denver this year in four games is uh, that they've made the plays down the stretch uh, in, even, in otherwise even games. Um, is there What can you guys do to kind of adjust it going forward uh, as the series goes on? And, and what are you seeing uh, from, from you guys down the stretches as opposed to Denver in the last possessions? Well... You know, the, the games were, were different. You know, tonight we, we did an excellent job on the defensive boards. Um, you know, Jokic has been the guy that's that's made play against this. I mean, both of them. But it, it's hard to um, – you're not going to stop Jamal Murray. You're not going to stop Jokic. You just have to do as good a job as you can. And, you know, there'll be some adjustments if they're appropriate. But um, as I said, it's it's – guys are making step-back threes with a hand in their face. That's tough. And you tip your hat and – um, and we hit some of those too, and um, you want to be on the other end of it. But frankly, it's it's no one play. And you know, I, I think we were we were terrific at the end of the game last last time we played, and we executed great to to get back in the game. And you know, tonight we had the lead in that situation. So the games were flipped a little bit, and the only consistent one thing was, you know, that, that we didn't win it. But we're a different team. You know, the regular season games I don't, are hard to look to. Um, as cops, but certainly, you know, these two games, these two games were incredibly different. You know, they, they, I don't know if it was a franchise record. Someone said that to me. I mean, they made shots, put it that way. They made a lot of threes and we actually did a good job on the defensive boards the last time, you know, just the, the other night or the other day when we played them, they murdered us on the defensive glass. So, you know, hopefully we can do both and, uh, and, and do a little better where we need to and, and come out on top because you know, that's why it's a series. Okay, last question will be from Tim Bontemps, ESPN, and then we're done. And uh, how much did you feel the momentum shifted there late in the fourth after that eight-second violation? 
Well, you know, we, as I said, we, we had the lead at that point, um, but, you know, we've got to be able to respond. There's, you know, whether it's a missed shot or, you know, a, a violation, whatever the case is, you know, that's when we need to, to focus even more. They hit that three and, you know, that, that gave them some, you know, some, you know, not that they didn't have life. It's a five point game late, but it certainly gave them, gave them a big lift. Okay. All right, there you go. That's uh, Quinn Snyder after his team falls in overtime, 135 to 125 to the Denver Nuggets. And the Jazz now trail the series one game to none. Donovan Mitchell with 57 points on 19 of 33 shooting in the losing effort. With that, we'll say good afternoon to our network stations. Our next broadcast for game number two is coming your way on Wednesday. That game will tip off at 2 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have uh, more post-game sound, more breakdown with Gordon as well, coming up straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray and Lexus of Linden by Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you and by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz now trail the Denver Nuggets one game to none in their best of seven playoff series. They fall in the bubble 135 to 125 in overtime. Jake Scott, Gordon Monson with you. Let's uh, check out your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Gordon, the Jazz shot 47.4% from the field today, uh, 34% from three, 16 of 47. Uh, They were led by Donovan Mitchell, 57 points, which Gordon, uh, as Locke mentioned, the third highest scoring game in playoff history. Michael Jordan scored 63 versus the Celtics in 1986. Elgin Baylor had 61 versus the Celtics in 1962. And now Donovan Mitchell with 57 against the Denver Nuggets, albeit in a losing effort. Joe Ingles had 19 points, six assists. Rudy Gobert, 17 points, seven boards, couple of steals, four block shots for Rudy. Uh, for the Nuggets, boy, they just shot the lights out. 51.5% from the field, 53.7% from three, 22 of 41. Jamal Murray had 36. Nikola Jokic had 29 and 10. Jamal Murray had nine assists, too, uh, by the way. But, uh, boy, really shot the ball well. The Denver Nuggets uh, couldn't miss. Jamal Murray is a star. The guy is a freaking star. And uh, I don't know whether the Jazz have an answer for that. When you see a team shoot like that from from three, do you? How much of that is a team being hot, and how much of it is bad defense by the opponent? Oh, like everything, Gordon. I, I think it's probably pretty close to to fifty fifty. I mean, the Jazz are they're at a bit of a built in disadvantage because they're not they're a small team. Um, you know, Royce O'Neal didn't play uh, particularly well against Jamal Murray down the stretch because he had five fouls, and he, boy, did he get crossed up on that one three-pointer. And then, you know, if, if Royce isn't being effective, where do you go? The Jazz chose to go with Joe Ingles, and, you know, Jamal Murray, I don't think Joe Ingles is a bad defender, but let me put it this way. Jamal Murray's way better at offense than Joe Ingles is at defense. Yes. But what's I, the other answer, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure there is one. 
for the Jazz unless they're going to put some of those rookies in there who might be a little more athletic, but you don't want to do that. Well, the problem so, is because they're so unproven on the other side of the ball yeah. that, you know, uh, one or two turnovers will sink you. And you know what? Nobody's immune, obviously. Donovan had a real cost, costly, dumb turnover with a minute 43 to go with the eight-second call. So obviously no one's immune to it. But that's the hard decision right there. Like maybe maybe somebody like Mie Oni could be better against Jamal Murray, but then you're playing four on five on the other end. Well, maybe you can do that if, if Donovan Mitchell is going to be on fire the way he was. Right, that's you know? a good point. It, yeah. I guarantee you jazz fans, as they were watching this thing unfold, were thinking uh, nobody else take the shot. Royce O'Neal, don't shoot the ball. Give it to Donovan and let him handle his business. Although Royce did take one open three and miss it down the street. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, and excuse me. That, yeah, sorry, yeah. I misunderstood you. So anyway, I mean, I don't know whether that's an answer or not or whether that's just foolhardy. But uh, the Jazz need to find a way to slow that guy down. And uh, I'm not, you know, I mean, the Nuggets are probably saying the th- same thing about Donovan Mitchell. Like, who who can they get to slow him down? Because those are some good defenders. Like Quinn was talking about, those guys, a couple of those guys are tough to beat. Torrey Craig Donovan really good. was just yep. taking them apart. So. Here's the thing with Jamal Murray. All right, he had 36. And, and to answer your question, Gordon, you're probably not going to slow him down much. I mean, he's a great scorer. Uh, playoff basketball, you're going to go to your best players. He has uh, terrific chemistry with Nikola Jokic. His game, their games fit very, very well to, together. But here's what I'll say. Jamal Murray was 13 of 20. If he's going to have 36 points, you've got to make him work harder than that. Yeah. You, you've got to yeah. make him less efficient than that. If he's going to get 36 points, you want him taking 30 shots, not 20. I mean, 13 to 26 yeah. of nine from three, that's incredible. You've got to make it more difficult on him than that. And the timing of some of those points were just brutal for the yep. Jazz. He you took know, over he for seemed, sure. He seemed to know the right uh, time and need for his team, and boy, did he give them a big boost. You know, one other thought on that three-point defending there were times, I get it, the Jazz are smaller than the Nuggets, but um, there, there were times when there was when there was no defender within shouting distance of the shooter. And it looked to me at times that Denver was doing to the Jazz what the Jazz like to do to opponents, whoever they're playing, and that is sort of put them in a blender and find the open man. And they did that very effectively, especially early in the game. Well, I mean, a lot of those open threes, Gordon, uh, are, are tough because you're focused on um, Jokic and Murray right. and that pick right. and roll tandem. And how, what are you going to do about that? You know, uh, Locke was talking about it. Do you throw a third guy to stop that pick and roll? Cause Murray's making you pay so badly, mm-hmm. but then, you know, that whoever's man, that third guy is garden. That guy's going to be wide open. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's the great, Gordon, going back to the origins of basketball, the two-man game has always been a thing because it's mm-hmm. unbelievably effective. Well, if you get two players who are really good playing that two-man game, it's tough. It's tough to then, stop. And then, of course, if you have the two-man game going and then you have other shooters sprinkled around who can punish you, right. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty fortuitous yeah. for them. You know, Denver's really good. And, and by the way, this is going to be a really fun series because Denver is good. And the Jazz uh, obviously are going to show up and, and fight, even when kind of the chips are down. You know, Mike Conley didn't play, and that's that's tough for a team that's already shorthanded. But obviously they're going to show up and play with that playoff intensity, specifically Donovan Mitchell. And, boy, would have been a great story if he could have that 57 and carried his team to an upset in game number one, you know. Yeah. It's too bad they, they came up just short and ran out of gas a little bit uh, in the overtime period. But, 
Um, it, it was a fun game to watch, and watching Donovan and Jamal Murray go toe-to-toe and bucket for bucket, if that's uh, what we're in store for in this series, this is going to be great. Gordon, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Here's a question for everyone to ponder. Are we really watching the emergence of a, a star star in Donovan Mitchell? Well, I got to win we, games if that's going to be the case. Well, I mean, remember how Jordan's teams used to, and I'm not comparing the two, obviously, but remember how the Bulls used to struggle at times early on in his career. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, the Jazz aren't the Bulls and uh, Donovan's not Jordan. But I, I think we might be watching a continued evolution that uh, bodes well for the Jazz's future if they can if they can get some other players back. How many times today did you think, man, if Bogdanovich were in the game, that that shot would have been made? Yeah, I mean, he would help them. There's no doubt. Uh, Bogdanovich is a is a great player. And Conley would have helped them today. You know, I, I don't want to take the shine off Donovan Mitchell's 57. It's incredible. But he wouldn't have had to score 57 if, if Mike Conley was there. But if he gets hot like that, I would feed him the ball every time I say, Donovan, go ahead and take it. Yep. Uh, let's take a look at the, the three-point takeover, Gordon, because I think this is very relevant to our current conversation. Three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Uh, we talked about how the Jazz would overcome some of their shorthandedness. And uh, the truth is it was take more threes, make more threes. And tonight, Gordon, they were 34% from three, 16 of 47. I mean, 47, that's a lot of three-point shots. They took plenty. Got to probably make a little bit more than 16. And even shooting 34% still in this game, still going to overtime. Uh, but you, uh, a few more makes in this game uh, goes the Jazz way. We're talking about a tied game at the end of regulation. Right. And the other I team, mean, you know, the Nuggets shot – sorry, Gordon, I, I stepped on you – 53.7%. The Jazz shot 34. You know, that's a pretty right. big disparity, and they still yeah. tied the game. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. If one of those three-pointers goes in, then one more, then they win the game. Right. I mean, that's how tight it is, and that's why playoff basketball is so wild. You go up and down the floor – Hundreds of times, and it comes down to whether somebody makes one shot or not. That's how, you know, that's what makes it fun to watch, right? It's part of the reason we we all love it. Uh, we'll hear from Donovan. I'm sure he'll address the eight second call and talk about it. But that was that was a monster play. That had a yeah, huge, well. huge impact on what happened in that game. Especially when Murray hits the three. Yep. And, yep. and I and that this is why turnovers are so bothersome to me, and I think they irk me more than they do other people who know more about basketball than I do. But it's so frustrating to see a team have that kind of momentum, have that kind of lead, and then to have one mistake that you give up and then someone buries a three and a, what could have been a six- or seven-point game turns into a one-point. Yeah, I mean, and the thing with turnovers, and I'm not disagreeing with you here necessarily, but it, the timing of those turnovers is so yeah. critical too. It's yeah. just so, so critical. In overtime, Joe Ingles had just a terrible turnover that basically – led to the shot that finished the Jazz. So, I mean, yeah, turnovers, it's it's time and type of turnover. And the, the timing on that eight-second call could not have been worse. I mean, it just, yep. just could not possibly have been worse. I just could When I saw that happen, I just went, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's almost like the, seen... the carry call, right, when you're surprised when you see it because you never do? I think I have saw that call once all season long. Yeah. And then here in the most critical moment, wow. What was the call? Uh, oh, I guess this was uh, I guess it was last year where where Rudy got called for the foul on the tip. You remember that? That might have been yeah. the most bizarre call yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. And that 
that had uh, some intention behind it. That was that was the the cup swat game, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it came after <laughs> it came after Rudy had uh, complained loudly about the official. Uh huh. And then got that call, and then got a call where he was defending James Harden. What was it? Twenty seconds into the game, then ejected. <laughs> then the cup swat. I mean, just a just a legendary game in jazz yeah. history. All right, we're going to get you some post-game sound coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. We'll let you hear from uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, after his historic performance, even albeit in a losing effort. Donovan, 57 tonight, 19 of 33 from the field. But the Jazz fall uh, in overtime to the Denver Nuggets, 135 to 125. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru. The official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Postgame sound coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Hey, Jazz fans, stop by the Utah Jazz Team Store located inside Door 5 at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Grab your exclusive Purple Mountain City Edition and Icon Jazz gear at the Jazz Team Store, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on event days. Follow the Jazz Team Store on Twitter and Instagram at Jazz Team Store for giveaways, special releases, and stock updates. You can also visit online at jazzteamstore.com for the best selection of Utah Jazz gear. And go Jazz! Things are unsettled right now, to say the least, but there is a way that you can make money from home. It's Triday Trading. I've been talking to you about it for years. Triday Trading lets you work from home and make a profit, whether the market's rising or it's falling. And they provide online training. Put your financial future into your own hands. Visit TridayTrading.com. Try it out for 30 days for only $10. That's $10 that will be donated towards local COVID-19 relief efforts. Success is yours at TridayTrading.com. T-Mobile has a limited time offer on a family plan that you won't want to miss out on. Right now, you can join T-Mobile and get four lines for just $25 a line with AutoPay. Plus, now that T-Mobile and Sprint have merged, T-Mobile's network is bigger and better than ever before. Visit a store near you and score some major savings and get a plan that's perfect for you and your whole family. Plus taxes and fees. Qualifying credit required. $5 more per line without AutoPay. Coverage not available in some areas. We all have needs, hopes, and dreams. Things to do, places to go, and a life to live. And whatever goals you have, America First is here to help you achieve them. We're here to provide the financial tools and services you need to take care of your family, your home, or your business. We're here to help you keep moving forward. Whatever you need for what matters most, we're here to help. America First, federally insured by NCUA. Jazz game night post game show right here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall to the Denver Nuggets in overtime, 135 to 125, losing game one of their best of seven Western Conference playoff series. We'll catch up with Gordon uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. We'll also get you back to Orlando to get some post game sound. But let's uh, quickly now take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by our friends at Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit CertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Points in the paint uh, this afternoon. Jazz outscored Denver 52-40. to 40. 
and that's uh, probably not a big surprise. Donovan Mitchell really did a nice job getting to the rim. And on the other side, Rudy Gobert uh, did his normal solid job in the paint, preventing Denver from getting to the rim, including that uh, final play where Rudy went head-to-head with Jokic, uh, and Jokic couldn't... Uh, couldn't win the game for the Nuggets, and obviously they go into overtime. All right, let's uh, go back to Orlando. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media after his historic performance. You're coming into this series saying you wanted to be a playmaker. We saw all of that tonight and more in 13-13 and 13 at the line. What was the difference in the way you attacked the Nuggets? And then in particular, what did you find versus Torrey Craig? It was very impressive, you know, for a rookie to come and start his first playoff game and do what he did and contribute the way he did. He did a hell of a job on Millsap and whoever was guarding extra possessions. Um, so huge credit to him. I know a lot of people were kind of probably confused and, and figuring out, but he, we trust him and shout out to him for stepping up. And as far as I go, um, the biggest thing was just trying to make make the right plays. You know, I think a lot of times Torrey Craig's a hell of a defender. So for me, just trying to find ways to just get into the paint and make the right read, whether it's finishing, whether it's drawing a foul, um, whatever it is. And for me, just trying to find ways to make it easier myself. Uh, I've watched, you know, countless guys. He's 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 one of the best defenders, uh, guard defenders in the league. Um, and I think I've watched other guys in the league how they how they attack him, and he's given a lot of people fit. So for me, just trying to find ways to make it easy. Um, obviously, not having Mike, obviously being on the ball a little bit more, uh, I knew I was going to take my time and kind of approach it in a different way, and I was able to do that. Okay, next question, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Donovan, do you feel like you're getting momentum out of this game, or is it hard to score 57 and then and then drop a game like this? Um, at the end of the day, I know there's no home court, but they, they did their job. You know, and I told the guys in the locker room, look, we could lose by 60, we could lose by one, we lost by 10 tonight. Um, what's game one? You know, one loss. You know, it counts the same. It's not, it's not no different. And I think, you know, obviously – you know, it's, it's tough to lose the first game, but now we kind of see how what their approach is, and obviously they see ours, but there are a lot of things that we can control. You know, I'm, I, I kind of put a little bit on myself for the eight-second violation, and then they come down hit a three, and that really changed the entire the entire game, that sequence right there. So there's little things that we can control and fix, but at the end of the day, we're not overreacting. Uh, it's one game. Um, we got to go back out and get ready for game two. Hey, we have Sarah Todd Deseret News. Don, it's very likely that a lot of these games against Denver are really going to come down to the wire and be really close. Uh, what do you do to not get fatigued? You know you're going to be playing a lot of minutes. More of these could go into overtime. So what do you have to do to stay ready? Um, honestly, you know, take care of everybody now. But this, this all, all this comes from the summer and or whatever you want to call the break that we had. Uh, it's really where a lot of this comes in. You know, you can do a a little body work here and there now and take care of you and eat right and, and, and drink fluids. But, you know, for us to be able to, and that's not just for myself, but for as a whole, this all was all over quarantine. This, this is continuing to work out and get your body right. You know, and I think guys, we've all done a great job of that. Um, and obviously it's a tough one to lose like this in overtime, but there's going to be a bunch more. And I think guys, including myself, are ready. Um, but it's, 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 it's not much you can do now. You know, it's either you're ready or you're not. And I think the rest of I think we're all ready. You know, we see it, guys. We're ready, locked in. You know, Jamal made some tough shots. You know, Joe did a hell of a job with him late. He just hit some tough shots. Uh, Jokic hit one and a few. Uh, but we executed a lot of things right. Uh, we just got to go back to the drawing board and just be ready. But a lot of it is really what you did before you got here. And I think our effort today as a, as a unit, I think, showed the work that we put in over the break and coming into here. Okay, next question will be from Malika Andrews there with you at ESPN. 
mentioned that eight second violation. I believe there was 22 seconds left on the clock, which, but because Rudy Gobert judging really only had six seconds, are you aware that you really no, only had six seconds? That's, and that's my fault as, as a leader and as a, as a point guard at that time. Like that's, that's, that's terrible on my part. You know, I, I kind of put that on really, well, I really don't want to put it on. I was really just taking my time walking it up and I gotta be more aware. Um, you know, I think that was a crucial part of the game, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to put it all on that one play, but that was a crucial part and I gotta know that. All righty. Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey Don, uh, you guys really seem to kind of gain steam as the second half went along, the execution improved. And then it seemed like by the time you got to overtime, the execution, the precision kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, to what do you attribute that? Uh, I think them hitting tough shots. You know, a lot of a lot of the shots Jamal hit and Jokic hit. You know, it's kind of it's draining after you, you hit a few, and then we kind of think we have one ball pull out of bounds. You miss a certain shot, um, but we got to do a better job in the overtime at least. Uh, when they hit a shot, coming right back with the same boys. I think we kind of let that um, affect us a little bit, but. Like I said, it's one game, you know, we'll look at the film, learn from it. Um, but I'm proud of as a whole, as, as, as a whole group, you know, I think we've done it. We did a great job. I mean, obviously it's, it's tough when you lose, when you don't have Mike and you lose Boyan. But at the end of the day, you know, we got guys who are ready. And I think we did a, a phenomenal job of that. And there's stuff we can continue to work on. But when you, when you hit shots like that, it's deflating after over and over and over again. We just got to find a way to continue to stay locked in and respond. Okay. Last question will be from David James, KUTV. Donovan, this is the uh, fourth time you played the Nuggets. They've all been really close, and they found a way to win each one of them. When you just look at the end of the games, can you see a common thread in there, something they're doing or something you're not doing as a group? Execution. That's, that's, that's really it. You know, like I said, Joe and Rudy did a great job in the two-man game up top, hitting tough shots. Um, it's just execution. You know, I I think for myself, getting into a, uh, when they're hedging, trying to split it instead of just attacking, you know, little things that we can control. And that's why I think, you know, we're in a good place. Because a lot of the mistakes or a lot of the stuff that happened late game, we can, we can fix. You know, at the end of the day, like I said, they hit some shots, and we just got to be ready to execute. And I think that's really all it is. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell, 57 points tonight on 19 of 33, shooting 13 of 13 at the line. He had nine rebounds, seven assists, just an absolute monster game. And as our friend Ben Anderson from KSL Sports tweeted out, uh, you forget that Donovan had two points in the first quarter. So 55 of those points came in the uh, final three quarters and overtime for an absolutely electric performance from Donovan Mitchell. But one thing he said toward the end right there, which I thought uh, really uh, is a really good point, the Jazz are going to have to figure out a way to get stops. And I'm sure it is frustrating when you're making all these big plays and big shots in your Donovan Mitchell and you're still taking the ball out of the net on the other end every time. And unfortunately, the way this Jazz team is currently constructed, you know, without some of their key players, I mean, this is how they're going to probably have to win some ball games in this series by shooting the lights out and scoring more points than the other guy. And I'm sure it is frustrating when you don't get stops and it puts the, the pressure on. But when you've got a, a player like Jamal Murray and a player like Nikola Jokic, you know, two special guys that are going to create a bunch of shots for each other or, uh, you know, an open other shooter possibly you know jeremy grant somebody like that uh jeremy grant had 19 points uh this afternoon or morris morris coming in off the bench at 14 uh, michael porter jr i thought was interesting 
he played 31 minutes tonight, had eight rebounds to go along with his 13 points, but did not play down the stretch because the Jazz are going to run the pick and roll right at him every time he's on the floor. It will be really fascinating to kind of see how many minutes he plays in, in this series. You know, you look at the key guys. Nikola Jokic had 42 minutes tonight. Jamal Murray with 40. Jeremy Grant. Uh, with 40 minutes, you know, the Jazz kind of mirrored that. Rudy Gobert with 42, Joe Ingles 43, Donovan Mitchell played 43 minutes, uh, Jordan Clarkson played 39 minutes this afternoon. Even Jawan Morgan played uh, probably more than I would have expected, 25, and he had his first NBA points out there. I thought he played really well. Seven rebounds for Jawan Morgan uh, to go along with his uh, his three points. He also had an assist. He had a steal. Uh, played very, very well. We talked to David Locke a little bit that, about that in crosstalk after the game uh, went final. All right, let's throw things back to Orlando where Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. Hey, Rudy. Um you know, those were some costly turnovers near the end of the overtime period. And you guys have been really close with Denver in the games that you've played. What do you need to do to kind of have better composure and be able to execute in those final minutes when it matters? It's, uh, it's all about being a little tougher mentally. You know, we know that uh, all those little details, uh, those little turnovers, those little, uh, you know, fouls, uh, all that kind of stuff is really going to matter, especially at the end of both games. So, you know, watch film and, uh, and you know, see what we can do better from this game. We'll go uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, what's kind of your overall takeaway from this game as, as close as it was with you guys playing without Mike and, and obviously Bogey and then, you know, Donovan goes off too. So, like, you know, how do you kind of weigh the pros and the cons of how tonight played out? Uh, I think we did a good job defensively protecting the basket. I mean, they hit a lot of tough shots, uh, especially very late in the fourth and the overtime. Uh, you know, we're going to, once again, we're going to watch film and see what we can do better to try to, you know, make it a little tougher on them. But uh, I really like the way we, we came out and, you know, we, we, we made them work for everything they got, you know, and uh, we're going to watch film and see uh, maybe the little turnovers that we got or the little, you know, the little things that we can do to affect our defense and, and we can uh, adjust on that, on that end. Anyone else? If not, oh, one more from Andy here, Rudy. Hey, sorry, just Jawan Morgan got his first start as well. Just um, wondered what you thought of his play and kind of what you were telling him as he started the game. Amazing. You know, guy hasn't played a, a regular season game all year and first playoff starts and, uh, you know, he looked like a, a good NBA player. You know, he came out and, uh, you know, he made some big plays both defensively and offensively and uh, told him after the game, that's great, but now again and probably again, you know, so uh, great, you know, big minutes from him and uh, uh, would it be a close game without him. Rudy Gobert, 17.7 rebounds. He did have four block shots and uh, probably the most important, at least for the Jazz defensive possession, where uh, he got a stop against Nikola Jokic that uh, sent the game into overtime. Then the Jazz outscored in the overtime period, 20 to 10, ran out of gas a little bit defensively. And, of course, Jamal Murray, uh, absolutely special, had 10 points of his own in the overtime period. He had 36 for the game on 13 of 20 shooting. He had nine assists as well, just a 
a special performance from Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Really fun to watch, no doubt about it. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll have more sound from the locker room for you, and we'll continue to break this one down as the Jazz now trail one game to none in their playoff series with the Nuggets right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Hi, my name is Nina, and I day trade for a full-time income. When I first heard about Try Day Trading, I wondered if I would have the time to do it with two little kids at home. Luckily, they had a $10 offer, so I tried it out. Now, after three years, I can support our family working part-time hours from anywhere in the world. The best news is you can try it for yourself. In 30 days for only $10, you'll see how Try Day Trading could change your life. Visit TryDayTrading.com and register for a free online webinar today. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final from the bubble in Orlando. The Nuggets beat the Jazz in overtime 135 to 125. They take a one game to none lead in their best of seven series. Let's take a look at your assist feature. Proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller charities. We are driven by you. Assist number down a little bit from where we saw it uh, toward the uh, end of the seeding games, I guess is what we're calling them. But 18 assists tonight for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was seven. Joe Ingles had six. Jordan Clarkson had three coming in off the bench. Uh, on the other side, uh, the Nuggets had uh, 23 total assists. But Jamal Murray, he had nine assists to go along with his 36 points. Jokic, who used to be in kind of their, their assist guy, he only had three uh, this afternoon. So Jamal Murray really was was absolutely the star of the game tonight for Denver. Uh, there's no doubt about it. We'll get you some nugget sound actually coming up in, in a few minutes, but let's uh, continue on hearing from uh, the Utah Jazz after the game. Let's now hear from Juwan Morgan. Juwan, obviously the situation was what it was today. Um, oh, let's see, is it there? Or Okay, there we go. Obviously the situation was what it was today with, with you coming in there. What what was that whole experience like finding out you were going to start and, and then actually playing on this stage? Um, I mean, it was crazy. Just everything that led up to it, you know, just coach telling everybody at practice and then, you know, just the, the, the things leading up to it. I think everybody reached out just saying like, you know, we, it's just basketball. We do this every day. It's nothing, you know, different. Uh, just go out there and know the plays and uh, give your all. And that's what I did. Next, we'll have uh, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Juwan, what was it that you were trying to do when you were out there on the floor? You know, what was your main focus? Um, my main focus is the same thing. Anytime I step on the floor, uh, hustle hard, play defense, uh, get offensive boards, block out all the little things, um, and then make life easier for all the you know the guys they have here to score. We'll have another from uh, Ryan McDonald, Deseret News. Was there any sense of, of nervousness or, or anything for you coming in, or, or were you feeling good? Uh, I was feeling good. Uh, 
uh, especially Mike and Royce, they were the main ones that talked to me, the, uh, including with the other rookies. They were just telling me, you know, again, it's just basketball. You know, we do this every day, uh, not to be nervous, because when you go out there nervous, uh, sometimes you make mistakes. And, you know, if you just go out there and just give it all, you know, you'll be in the right places at the right time. And we have another from Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Paul Millsap's obviously a tough matchup. Um, what are you trying to do when you're defending him in particular? Um, just trying to take away tendencies like I do with anybody I'm guarding, you know, and then we know they're a great offensive rebound team. So just trying to stay between him and all those boards. And I think, you know, we just, we did a pretty good job at that. And then we just, you know, have to key in on other things. All right, there you go. Jawan Morgan made his first career NBA start, had three points on one of five shooting, uh, one of four from three, but seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, played some tough defense while he was out there and uh, really made an impact. We talked about how, you know, these younger guys, they need to not sink the ship. And certainly uh, Jawan Morgan did that, played a little bit more than I was expecting as well as he uh, played 25 minutes in the Jazz defeat uh, against the Denver Nuggets. But certainly, you know, Mike Conley's going to miss at least one more game. We'll see what happens from there. So they're going to need some of these players to step up. And even with Mike Conley, they were going to be shorthanded without Bogdanovich uh, on, a, on a team that wasn't the deepest to begin with. So, you know, these players like Jawan Morgan are going to get some opportunities, and uh, we'll see who gets it in game two. Maybe Jawan again, but he certainly took advantage of his opportunity in this one. And when we heard from Quinn Snyder a little bit earlier on in the show, uh, talked about how Denver is a big team. Big team and tough to match up against, and uh, his size really will will come in, uh, play to his advantage if he can get in there and execute uh, what the coaches want him to do. Uh, let's now hear from some Denver Nuggets. Uh, let's hear from Michael Porter Jr., who played 31 minutes uh, this afternoon, 13 points, eight rebounds, and had this to say after the game. Michael, just your impressions from your first playoff game. How was it different? How, what did it feel like? And what was the intensity level like for you in your first playoff game? The intensity was definitely a few notches up. Um, it was a very competitive game. Um, a lot of those, those um, you know, offensive rebounds, uh, clear cuts to the basket, all of that is kind of taken away. So it's kind of a different style of basketball, but um, it was fun and it was a good win we got today. All right. <clears throat> All right, I don't have any hands at the moment. There we go. We'll go back to Matt. One more for me, Michael. Uh, are you, I know the game just happened. Do you feel like you need to look at the film to know what the problems were with Donovan Mitchell and how he was able to attack, or do you have first impressions on maybe what the struggle was for your team defensively versus him? Yeah, definitely. We definitely got to make some adjustments. You know, he was, he was just having one of those games. Nobody could really guard him today, but uh, – you know, we gotta we gotta definitely make adjustments so that thirty points doesn't turn into fifty seven points. So that's definitely something we gotta improve it. We're gonna go to Sean Keeler. Check, check, check. Congrats on the win. What what are you gonna remember from this day? Uh, and and just the intensity, the intensity, and the rest of it in terms of getting ready. Were you nervous before the game? Were you? Were you wondering, you know, you've been so comfortable there in the bubble. Was it any different for you? Oh, it definitely was different. It was more intense. Uh, I wasn't nervous. I was just ready to go. Um, you know, some players got it going for our team. Some players got it going for theirs. It's a long series. We're going to learn from this one. Um, you know, we pulled it out, but there's a lot of things we can learn from. So we're going to do that and come back game two, hopefully with some new adjustments. 
All right, I don't have any hands. We're okay, we're gonna go to TJ McBride. Go ahead, TJ. Hey, Michael. I was curious if there's anything in particular off the top of your head that you feel like you learned from this game. Was there anything that kind of stood out for you? Um, yeah, I just think uh, in the playoffs, it's all about defense. So defense, is the, the intensity is way up. Um, so lock, being locked in every possession and uh, really realizing every possession matters. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest difference. There's Michael Porter Jr. And interesting, his answer to the question, how do you guys stop Donovan Mitchell? He essentially gave a, a much more wordy, I don't know. <laughs> well, because Donovan was was doing whatever he wanted to do, especially down the stretch in his uh, historic performance tonight. 57 points if you're just joining us. Donovan Mitchell has the third highest scoring performance in NBA playoff history behind Michael Jordan, who had 63 against the Celtics in 86. And uh, for the Lakers, Elgin Baylor had 61 against the Celtics in 1962. Some pretty rarefied air. And, yeah, I'm sure the Nuggets are going to be going back to the drawing board to figure out what to do against Donovan, just like the Jazz are going to go back to the drawing board and figure out something else to do against Jamal Murray because he was absolutely special tonight with his 36 points on 13 of 20 shooting. All right, uh, let's keep it going with the sound from the Nuggets. Uh, Let's go back to Orlando. Monte Morris is addressing the media. Mate, congratulations. Appreciate it. Um, you know, playoff scoring high for you. Uh, how, how did that feel to, to, to finish strong the way you guys did, especially in OT uh, and everything that was coming first off? Um, you know, it felt good. I mean, that's a great team over there, a very well-coached team. And we knew going into the series, it's going to be games like that throughout the series. So um, we just got to come out and um, the same focus and mentality every single game. Coach told us don't get too high or get too low throughout the game and just play our game. So that's what we do. Next, we're going to go to Kendra Andrews. Hey, Monte. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a very different situation than the playoffs last year with it being in the bubble. So kind of a two-parter question. One, just what was the atmosphere like in there? And then two, is it, was it at all difficult to switch the mindset from seeding games to playoff games because there was such a short turnaround period? And, I mean, in terms of your surroundings, nothing changed. No, um, the NBA um, has done a great job down here. And uh, Disney, as soon as we walked out there, the atmosphere um, changed um, as far as, you know, you knew you were playing a different game than the playing game. Um, it was easy to flip the switch, um, and it definitely felt like a playoff atmosphere. Um, so it was easy to, you know, make that adjustment. Um, you know, it would, be, it would be great to get back to play in front of fans, but the NBA has done a great job to make it seem as realistic, uh, you know, as possible. Right, we're going to go to TJ McBride. Go ahead, TJ. Hey, Monte. Last playoffs, it seemed to eat at you a little bit the way that you performed, despite that there were good games involved in there. Was this the kind of performance that you expected of yourself? And was it nice to kind of finally get that out of your system and have this performance? I mean, yeah, um, personally, I, I, I had beat myself up and worked hard in the offseason to prepare for, you know, these moments like this. Um, I felt like last year I was rushing a little bit in the playoffs and not letting it come to me. So um, this one, you know, I've been taking care of my body better, uh, watching more film and studying just so I could be ready whenever my number's called. Um, 
And yeah, it felt good for me to, you know, see a three go too. Because last year, I was like 0 for 14 for three in the playoffs. So um, just having confidence and going out there and playing. Um, I just give, you know, shout out to Coach Malone and coaching staff and trusting me and, you know, my trainer, uh, Keon, for working hard with me in Austin. All right, we're going to go to Matt Moore. Go ahead, Matt. Monte, uh, in the third quarter, the Jazz kind of turned that game around. And one of the things they did was they really started pushing the pace, getting up and down the floor a lot quicker. Uh, is, is this going to be a series where maybe you guys need to slow it down and stay in control because you're better in that environment? Um, I think we just got to do what the defense uh, gives us. Coach Malone always wants us to play faster than we play. So I think every game will be different. Both teams, we got to make adjustments. I'm sure they will make some. And, you know, we can't play game one and go into game one thinking it's going to be like game two. So we want to play faster. But if the Jazz play faster or slow it down, we got to worry about, you know, what we do on our end. So going into game two, we just got to see and fill it out. All right, we're going to go back to Sean Keeler. Go ahead, Sean. Thanks. Hey, Monte, two, two things. What did, what did Coach say about defense on Mitchell? You know, your old friend there just going off and doing his Michael Jordan thing. And, and what did you guys do to kind of adjust to that? How are you going to have to keep adjusting to that when he has a game like that? Um, you know, just trying to make shots as difficult as possible. You know, we all know Donovan Mitchell, you know, is a superstar. He made some tough shots, man, and uh, you got to take your hat off to him. You know, he was putting the team on his back, and we just stayed together. You know, we was trying to force him into tough tools, and if he hit those shots, uh, the coaches, you know, were satisfied. They just didn't want straight line drives to the rim, which he got, and, you know, an open three. So we got to definitely make adjustments on that end um, to try to slow him down more in game two and make it more uncomfortable. That was Monte Morris for the Denver Nuggets as they took down the Jazz in overtime, uh, 135 to 125 to take a one game to none lead in the series. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll reconnect with Gordon, get his thoughts as we wrap up the post game and move on into the big show. It's your Jazz Game Night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Let's get to your Master of the Glass for this afternoon. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to vis- uh, benefit the neighborhood house. Uh, the Jazz on the boards, uh, actually three Master of the Glasses. Master of the Glass? Uh, this afternoon with seven rebounds, Royce O'Neal, Jawan Morgan, and Rudy Gobert all had seven rebounds apiece. The Jazz had 16 offensive rebounds 
uh, this afternoon, which is actually double what the Nuggets had, uh, where they had eight. The trouble was is that uh, it was the timing of the Nuggets' offensive rebounds, which was uh, pretty terrific there in the fourth quarter where they got them really where it mattered. But the rebounding certainly was going to be an issue in this series for the Jazz. And uh, your total rebounding numbers, um, the Jazz out-rebounded the Nuggets 52 to 41 so rebounding certainly not an issue for the utah jazz and if they're not going to shoot as well from three as the nuggets did which they did not you know they're going to need some of those second uh, chance opportunities as the jazz were 16 of 47 for th- from three for 34 percent uh the nuggets were 22 of 41 53.7 percent which is just remarkable i uh, there's no way the nuggets can keep up that pace shooting the three because they were just on fire including jamal murray who was great in the fourth quarter and in overtime he had 36 total points but was six of nine from three just absolutely on fire and draining them when they mattered the most uh other uh, we heard from uh, morris in the last segment he was two of three from three uh, jeremy grant was two of five coming on coming in off the bench michael porter jr we heard from him he was three of seven tory craig was three of five from three and uh, nikola Jokic himself who is uh, a good but not great three-point shooter he was four of seven as he had 29 points and 10 rebounds and three assists so the nuggets were red hot from three i don't expect that to continue and i do expect the jazz to shoot a little bit better from three although they were not bad today 16 of 47 34 percent and donovan mitchell was really good from three six of 15 joe ingles was five of 12 uh, Juwan Morgan, one of four. Royce O'Neal, one of three. Jordan Clarkson, two of nine from three coming in off the bench. And George Niang was one of four. George Niang was three of six uh, total from the field, one of four from three. George had seven points. Jordan Clarkson had 18 points coming in off the bench. Uh, Joe Ingles had 19 to go along with six assists. Rudy Gobert was 17 to go along with those seven rebounds that we talked about and uh, four block shots as well. So Donovan Mitchell, obviously the story of the afternoon for the Utah Jazz, 57 points, nine rebounds and seven assists. Incredibly efficient getting to that 57 as well, 19 of 33, but ultimately coming down to a loss. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, all of the games that the Jazz have played the Nuggets this year, including this is the second one they played in the bubble, of course, uh, the double overtime game um, last weekend or a weekend before last. Uh, absolutely terrific. If, if uh, these games are any indication of the series that we have to come, it's going to be a special one. It, it really is. These teams uh, are very motivated. You, you could definitely tell the intensity or the intensity has been stepped up for the playoffs. And I wondered how that would be because uh, some of the intensity was lacking in the seeding games. But boy, did this afternoon's game feel like playoff basketball. Both these teams wanted it in the worst way. The stars absolutely came to play. I know Jazz fans are probably a little disappointed with the loss, no doubt about it. But, boy, that was NBA basketball at its finest. Just a fun, fun game to watch, no doubt about it. All right, game number uh, game number two will be Wednesday afternoon. The game will tip off at 2 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 1 o'clock right here on the Zone Radio Network. And, you know, with no home court advantage, all these games are absolutely going to be up in the air. No longer do you think, oh, they probably won't get game two, but game three at home, you know. Throw all, all of that that you just assume about playoff basketball out the window. And let's hope all of uh, all of these games are uh, just as fun to watch as this game one was. Although the Jazz came up a little short, 135 to 125 is your final. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely re- 
redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at MarkMillerSubaru.com. Coming up next, we kick off the big show right here on the Zone Radio Network. Yeah. <laughs> 